It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Beyond the Scenes, the podcast that goes beyond the scenes of topics <laughs> and segments that aired originally on The Daily Show. I'm your host, Roy Wood Jr., very special episode today. And when I say special, first off, if you're watching the video of this, you can see we're in our new multi-million dollar podcast facility right here in the heart of the Daily Show Studios. I could tell you where we are, but then I'd have to kill you. Here's what this podcast is like. This is what wow. you have to think of this podcast as. This podcast is like, you know, in school, you got your school teacher who give you the information. That's the Daily Show. This podcast is the substitute teacher who comes in and go, y'all ain't got to do none of that shit that Dave was talking about today. We willing in the TV and we about to watch Faces of Death and a R- <laughs> couple R-rated movies. And I don't know if that analogy completely connects. Uh, uh, joining me today, though, are two wonderful, wonderful guests. Um, first up, he is one of the co-hosts of the Fuckery Podcast. I don't know if I'm supposed to add that you in there because I know that y'all like for search engine optimization you can't spell fuckery all the way out so the fuckery it's still pronounced like that the fuckery no 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 the fuckery the fuckery yes Uh, he is he is a acclaimed stand up comedian and writer (laughs) uh, Lenny Marcus Lenny how you doing thanks Roy thanks for having me we took out the vowels for the kids but we we still pronounce it fair enough for the kids it's for the kids and that voice you hear is a wonderful, wonderful stand-up comedian, or do we just do comedian, an SNL alum, but more importantly, for the sake of this podcast, she was the first guest host of The Daily Show when we came back after Trevor Noah's departure, and uh, y'all know her also as a co-host of the Fuckery Podcast, Leslie Jones. Nice, nice. See, I used to hate comedian. Now I actually like it. Why? I don't know. I think you earn it. Wait. Oh, that's interesting. You earn comedian or you earn comedian? Comedian. Yeah, it's like a little acoustic crown right. on top <laughs> of it. Because you can yeah. just say you're a comic. You know what I'm saying? You know. Yeah, but comedian. Fine. Comedian is Fine. Just something So when else. you call me a pain in the ass for now, I'm calling me a pain in the ass. You know what? Yeah. What I'm, okay, what I'm going to do is violently <laughs> attack you first, and then I'm going to say all of that. Other and shit. that chemistry that you see between yes. these two right now. That is what they have been for years. These two are also, what do I call y'all? Is it writing partners? Is it producing partners? Because you do so many projects together. And I know that there's a lot of what Leslie touches that Lenny Marcus's fingerprints are on. And Les, I know it's vice versa. So it's like, because I don't know if it's a writing duo. I don't know what the hell y'all are. All I know is that when you two are together, it is magic. And when you came into this whole situation... Well, first off, give us a little bit of the backstory, Liz, of how you and Lenny met, because it's important that people understand your dynamic and then how that dynamic came into the Daily Show. Because I'm telling you, all you two are some shit we ain't never had in this building. I've been here seven years. <laughs> wow. That 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 makes Very me emotional. Sweet. I'm, I'm going to be honest. That makes me a little emotional inside. Uh-huh. Um, 
you know, I always I always had a vision of my career because that's just, you know, Virgo is just like that. I always knew what type of steps I wanted to take. And when I got good enough, I was like, I, if I get a writer, I want to be like one of those writing teams that's like, you know, that like when we go down in time, they'd be like, you know, these two people wrote together and they created this, 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 and this. And I had that idea in my mind. And when you really try to force an idea, you end up either force it or either you think it and you have to go through what it takes to actually get that type of partnerships like i've had a lot of people that i've wrote with and it didn't work out or it just it they wasn't either they got insecure it just did it just didn't vibe and to find lenny and it's so crazy that everything that i used to fantasize about i used to fantasize having this writing partner and we would just be like writing everything together doing everything together doing all the jokes together write movies and stuff and and do and it's like to hear you say that it just it's like oh shit like the fucking dream people need to understand the dream that you have don't go through the fucking path that you think it's going to go through it's like a circuit it's like you make the wish and then it goes out there and finds its path to you so it could be anything it could happen any type of way me and lenny met at the cellar, I, I came in there one night. Comedy I cellar think, in New York City. Yeah, comedy cellar. I think I came in there one night. He was sitting at the table. And I think people were, I, 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 this is how I remember, but Lenny's going to tell probably because Lenny doesn't smoke weed. But this is what, <laughs> this is the fragments of the story that I remember is that he was sitting there and they was ragging him about him marrying his girl. And I was like, oh, what is your girl? And Only he was, comedians will attack you for being in love. Yeah. Well, they he was just so ragging him. They evil. was ragging him and saying, "Yo, you should marry her. Like she's hot and woo woo woo." And I and I think he showed me a picture, and I was like, "Oh yeah, motherfucker, you stupid. Like marry her or whatever, right?" <laughs> and then I think I left a year, came back the next year. They had got married. I performed, and Lenny came down and gave me some notes. He was like, "Yo, you know, it, these are some good, you know, tags. I got some tags to your jokes." And I was like, "Oh yeah, let's go around the corner and do them." And he was like, "Like right now?" And I was like, "Yeah, fuck that, let's go." Like, and we went around and. And I was like, like, I think it was like, shit, maybe like at least seven of them fucking hit. I think it was like all of them. And I was like, oh, shit, this dude, this dude, like, and then I saw his set and I was like, oh, fuck, this motherfucker's hilarious. And then we went to a, a Yankee game. And I'm telling you, Roy, I don't fuck. I didn't fuck with baseball before Lenny. We sat there that, and Lenny made me love baseball. And I'm telling you, I, I me sport. and my assistant was laughing like nonstop. Like it was so, like he was saying funny shit that was just like so grown. It, it grown jokes. Like I've hung around people before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've hung around people before and they'd be silly and you go, ha I gotta laugh at that goofy shit. You know, woo, woo. but Lenny was grown. So that's. And, and for the people who don't understand comedy, Lenny. Yeah. What you did that night at the Comedy Cellar yeah. is fucking insane. Yes. You could have got cussed yeah. the hell out. I was waiting mm-hmm. to get cussed out. Because yep. just so just so I can describe you to the people. We all know, you know, Leslie Jones, 6'3", 6'4". Lenny looks how he sounds. 250. <laughs> Lenny's taller than me. <laughs> Just That's a nice, polite but, but you know what was so crazy, Roy, is that he wrote the jokes down so precisely, and I was like, this motherfucker's a nerd, too. <laughs> and it's like fucking love nerds. See, and that's connected to the Daily Show. Okay, so Lenny, yeah. how much of that, how much of Leslie's it, story? The, the, it might be a little out of order, but it's very it's close enough, and, <laughs> and I'll take it. And because when she tells it every time, it kind of changes, like the events <laughs> change every time, and the I order changes. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's pretty close, and yeah, to she took me to this Yankee game, and I, you know this, I don't, I don't, you don't want to give lines to somebody coming off stage, right? You know, correct. They're, they're not in the space. Hey, whatever. here's how to do your job yeah. better, twenty year veteran. Yeah, right. I got to know that person you. really well. But she took me to this Yankee game. I don't think you know those seats, Roy. They're right behind home plate. Oh, the Lorne Michael seats. The Lorne Michael seats. Oh, yes. Seriously, that's, you know how she says the circuit comes to you and the whole thing, that whole mess which she was talking about, circuitry and spirituality? No. I, (laughs) (laughs) that's not me. I'm like, mess? (laughs) I was just like, one day, I'm going to sit in those fucking seats. (laughs) And she's like, hey, you want to go to a game? I was like, I know those seats. And it's happening right in real time. So you manifested the seats, and I, she manifested a riding part. That's yeah. right. Holy is shit! Is that correct? So I manifested the seats. So I get to the seats. I am. So, 
a tear is like rolling down my <laughs> eye. And I'm like, and how I'm do dying. I how I'm do I dying. pay this woman back for this? And the only way I could think of, you know what? I'll stick my head in, I'll watch the set, and if I have anything to say, you know, maybe I'll just say hi, you know? Wow. And I go in and watch the set, I'm like, I think I can I think she's got a couple a lot of stuff here. I had so I started taking out a pen and started writing stuff real quick. I wrote like 10 things down. She comes off and I'm waiting for the punch in the face, Roy. I say, <laughs> I literally had to say, hey, I don't think it's not, hey, good. She's like, hey, good to see you. I go, do you want a couple of lines maybe? And she's like, I was waiting for her, get the fuck out of my face. No, she goes, yeah. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah. You all meet, you go to the baseball games, you have this wonderful journey over the next seven, eight years of just making dope ass content, right? right. When you get the call for The Daily Show, and Lenny being the wordsmith, and I would say, Les, you are probably a little more jazz comedically, and I don't say yeah. that as an oh, insult. No. You're very no. much, you have an idea, you play around with it, but in no, TV, you boy. have the constraints of time. Now, you also know what you want to say, but you're trying to figure out the funniest way to say it. What was your expectations? What was your approach? What was you all's plans? Because you're also, you also have the burden of being the first mother, the first person to guest host it. Man. You're the first person to come back to kick down the doors to reestablish this brand. This is a 25 year brand, dog. Well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> Lenny, the first time Lenny saw me on the road, Roy, I did an hour and 20 minutes. You know how black <laughs> comics do, right? And I really thought I was the shit. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna come off stage and Lenny's gonna be like, oh wow, I didn't know that you was walking Messiah. You know, I, I literally, you know, you know, you know, that's how cocky, I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna be like, I don't know why you, you a hell, hell, a comedian should hell you, they should make a statue out of you. So I come off stage and I'm sweating and shit just knowing I ripped and Lenny was like, what the fuck was that? He was like, why the fuck you even get off stage at 58 minutes? What the fuck? Nobody wants to see you after 58 minutes he was like you yeah. said motherfucker like 72 what the fuck like he went off on me like <laughs> off on me wow. so slightly it, hyperbolic it, it was like it, well it that's what it felt like because i was laughing because i was laughing i was like, like no this motherfucker ain't telling what me else I, I was like i was like this motherfucker like no this motherfucker ain't telling me i know the fuck i've been doing comedy woo 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 but see what i what one thing that i will admit about myself that i've always admitted to people is that i am a wild bucking horse like, I'm not afraid to kick the fucking French thing down and run in the field. I'm not afraid to buck off a motherfucker that I don't want on me. I will jump feet first from the building. <laughs> That's who the fuck I am, you know? So Lenny is the the guy who is, is the lion tamer. He's the, I, that's what I call him. I call him the lion tamer. He he knows what I am, and then he'll put it down and go stick to this. Like this is this is the script. Stick it's, to this. And that and that's an important dynamic because the thing about the Daily Show is that the structure of the show, mm -hmm. we also don't have a lot of time. The morning right. meetings at nine, rehearsals at three. You don't have right. a lot of time, so you have right. to figure out very stickily how you want to do stuff. So Lenny, when you come into the building, yeah, and I feel like you having that more of a sense of structure, but you also don't want to lose, we don't want to lose what Leslie does. Right. What did you anticipate coming into this? Like, what did what did you heard about the show? What did you hear about well, the show? Well, I know like, the show, it's a brilliant show. I know, I watched it when John did it. You could tell how funny the writing staff is. They get mm -hmm. it. And my expectations were pretty high. And I was like, can we meet your level of expectations? Because, you know, she's, we, she doesn't do a lot of prompter work. There's a lot of prompter work in that. She doesn't do, you know, like we we have we've worked with other production companies before that we didn't like. So anytime you go into a new arena, there's so much to happen within, you know, getting to know people and working with people. And then, you know, she's got to do like with the correspondence, you got to do like a two person thing here. So there was a lot coming in. I was like, wow, there's a lot of bells and whistles. I, you know. But with her, there's always two things at play. One is she's going to bring everything. She's bringing, she is bringing way more than you. A bomb is coming in. You guys don't even know <laughs> that this explosion's about to go off. When I come in, I'm thinking, okay, just I have to let her do that thing. Let her explode with the talent and let me just figure out 
how to make it all work around and, her. And that's that's what that staff did. And, you know, SNL, of course, my experience doing the updates with SNL was very Opposite. helpful yeah. as Colin far Jones as like being, behind, yeah, okay. being behind the desk. And he's right. We didn't have prompters. We had cue cards. So whenever you do the prompter, you got to get that person on the same rhythm as you. And I always feel stupid when I read out loud. So I always try to memorize a lot of stuff. So I try to tell them not to change too much. But I try to memorize a lot because I don't like to look like I'm reading. And it's just it's it was a lot of shit. It was a lot of shit. But I'm going to tell you that fucking that fucking writing staff, that crew, it's so much different than anything I've ever experienced. It was the first time I was able to come in and actually be talented. I didn't have to write. I didn't have to direct. I didn't have to point. I didn't have to do none of that shit. You did write. And you wrote for yourself. We'll, you know, we could, they can, we could lay it out for her and then she'll Lesliify it. You know what I mean? How were, like, can I ask to a degree how your preparation differed for SNL versus The Daily Show? Oh, okay. Well, y'all, y'all both have that schedule, but what I would say for the Daily Show is, do that we know SNL? Everybody I know from SNL, they be texting me at three thirty in the morning on a weeknight, <laughs> talking about headed home. I'm like, bitch, I've been in the bed. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm saying I'm saying for the day of show, it's like okay, that, blah, 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 blah. But, 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 but SNL, your day starts at like three thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, and then the SNL is six days a week. Six days a week. It's six days a motherfucking week. We only get Sunday off, and they give you the thing of like mentally like. You need to forget last week. It don't matter what the fuck happened to you. You need to forget last week. And it's it's a brutal hard. It's a hard. Like, I didn't feel that at The Daily Show. I didn't feel like it was such a hard schedule to where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, I'm going to die. Like, we was home every night by 8. Yeah, it was. it's very efficient here. I, very I, I efficient. I don't even know if you guys appreciate how efficient. Cause I don't think that y'all places. even understand how efficient y'all are. They I, waste I, time. Was, they waste resources. Nobody knows what's up. You know? Yeah. But here, everybody seems to know everything. You know, it is a tight ship. I would say the experience at the desk and learning how to cut jokes and stuff, I, I think... SNL got me prepared a little bit for the daily show for that because it was so easy. Like, I think I think Jen was like so surprised every time she would come up and go, okay, so we're going to cut this and then we're going to put this. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. And she would be like, oh, oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, because people get attached to Joe. No, yeah. I think it's funny. No, nope. I, I, and we've been there, Joe, Roy. We've been, you got to understand. I've, I've had jokes that, that people be like, I'd be like, I'm retiring this joke. It's like, what, you going to put it in a glass thing, like on top of your fucking, <laughs> on your wall or some shit? Like, you know, jokes be like baby stuff. When I first started SNL and they was cutting them jokes, I was like, you're killing me. But then you start loving the cut. The cut yeah. is like, the clean jokes now. are not your children they're your stepchildren you ain't yeah. gotta love them but a little while and then <laughs> but for a little while and then, they're not even your stepchildren they just kind of like you like you said the substitute teacher these motherfuckers you <laughs> gotta see these motherfuckers tomorrow well, if you, you don't really want to you guys also write I mean the writing here is so strong yeah. that if you cut something it's like great you already have th- 10 killers beforehand so. and y'all wrote for me yeah. like y'all wrote for me like not at me okay so then to that point the topics that were thrown at you um, yeah. during your week. Uh, you came on the same week of the Martin Luther King dick statue in Boston. Wait, mm-hmm. from a certain angle, it looked like a dick. It wasn't actually Martin Luther King. <laughs> no, it looks like he's going down. Uh, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith versus Rihanna. George Santos was in the mix. What did you all discuss, the two of you internally, in terms of what you wanted to say specifically because the show is giving you a little bit of range of going, yep. okay, this is your chance to say whatever you want to say yep. to America. But then, and all, what did you want to say specifically? And also, was there any type of you like, ah, I can't get into that right now. We got Well, like Martin Luther King, when it came up on the board and we went through it, I go, <laughs> that is in. I don't care what happens in the other room. Trust me, she's going to love this story. That's one of the final <laughs> seven, trust mm-hmm, me. And then she mm-hmm. takes one look at us. She's like, yep. You know, so I kind of know what she's going to like. I can get us in the, I'll get us in the stadium and very close to the seats, you know, get us mm-hmm. in the seat. And then she'll take it and say, yeah, I like that one. And it's, so it's way, it's easier for you guys if I just do that. And she can sleep. Roy, whenever I'm doing stuff like that, which has been like the nemesis of uh, the, the, I don't know, the core of what I've been trying to do on stage and everywhere with my comedy. I want, to, I want to actually say what needs to be said to you, but still make you laugh about it. 
Yeah. Th- does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. like, like this is some horrible shit. Like, our job as comedians is to make you laugh. You know what I'm saying? But it's also to be very real and honest, like to take that real and honest shit and really make it funny. You know, I really I, like how can I make how can I explain it? Like whenever I talk about somebody in the audience, I try to make them laugh harder than everybody else. Like I'll be talking about them, but I'll be making them laugh at themselves harder mm-hmm. than everybody else. The only time that I hit a person so hard is if they're doing some fucked up shit like, uh, or, you know, cackling me or whatever. But most of the time I'll start hard on you. And by the end of it, you'll love me because I've made you <laughs> laugh about yourself. And and you take a joke. Now you take a joke to work and you go, man, the comedian last night, he really got me. <laughs> he said that. I And I so do that. That's I tell you. Oh, those comics. They're, they're, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's part of the, like the, I, I I, I I like brutal ass whoopings, but I like them to be ass whoopings that make sense. It's part of her talent for sure. That's that's God given in some ways, like what she's saying. And a lot of comics don't figure that out. And she not she does it in a really fun way a lot of the times. But we also she definitely keeps her ear to the ground, you know, to the ground of issues that happen in the world. So we've been trying to write this bit for her in her act about men's mental health. And so we've been talking about this a lot on the podcast, whatever. And when we came in here, they're like, hey, is there any long piece you want to do? And immediately she's like, I always I want to talk, address men's mental health and because that doesn't get addressed. So little topic topics like that, like just whatever we're going through in our lives in that specific time, it bugs her for weeks you know, and months. And Mia's like, yeah, they should get help. I'm done. You know, but she will stick to this. And then when we come in and we get it, we have this huge, amazing, brilliant writing staff that will help her make what mm-hmm. she just said. It's it's not done in a mean way. It's done in a helpful way and a really funny way. And I, the two of us were just blown away with, yeah, this is what we've dreamed of for her. You know, mm-hmm. a, a writing staff that's really bright and can actually play the play tennis with her hit hit the ball back over the net you know other writing staffs that we've worked with or anything they don't they have they wouldn't have the first idea what to do and everybody here was psyched when she said that they're like yes well after the break i want to talk a little bit about um you thirsting over moist chestnut ass (laughs) baby let's talk it we got to talk a little bit about you and the guests we're gonna talk a little bit more about leslie jones the first guest host on The Daily Show to start 2023. This is Beyond the Scenes. We'll be right back. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Beyond the scenes, we are back. Lenny Marcus and Leslie Jones of the Fuckery Podcast and also um, part of the team. You're now in Daily Show history. You're now part of the IMDb page. Do we technically call you the first black woman to host a Daily Show? I feel like you're black history now. I feel like you get a stamp. Oh, shit. I didn't even... Am I? Am I the first black woman? I am trying to think of anyone, even in a guest host capacity, and unless Jessica Williams did it, there... I. I can't think of another person. Wow. Finally, it, it, I'm the it, first to do some shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to put that in the history books and Ron DeSantis will take it out. Let's talk a little uh, bit <laughs> about the guests. Yep. 
<laughs> now you had Charlemagne the God, yet Morris Chestnut. Morris Chestnut. Uh, you had Alexis McGill Johnson, president and CEO of Planned Parenthood. Yep. When it came to preparing for these conversations, like Planned Parenthood, that's not that's not a light conversation. You can make mm-hmm. it funny, but the issues that they're addressing with mm-hmm. women's reproductive rights is a very serious issue. Did you all, because like Charlemagne, not Morris Chestnut, we already know what it is. You was just yeah, trying to keep from- chocolate. Trying to keep from coming across to the- see it in person. <laughs> and my titties was in his face. <laughs> Singing. We're going to edit that out because Morris Chestnut's <laughs> wife might be this. I'm sorry, Mel. Morris Chestnut's wife, no. That's like, having, that's like having a chocolate cake on the counter and going, it's not people that. don't like that cake. <laughs> what, was the, what was the balance of serious to silly that you all, that you don't, Leslie, that you and Lenny sat down and decided on with your approach to the interviews? Because I find interviewing to be, to me, I don't think it's anything that everyone can do. But mm-hmm. I think that an interview is only as good as the curiosities of the host. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where she comes and in. That's she where is she's Arsenio Hall. Arsenio yeah. Hall 101. That's the way you interview somebody. You interview them like everybody at home is thinking the same question. Everybody at home. Everybody at home, it, it's like, you know, you make you make those questions like, that's what I would have asked him. That's what I would have asked him. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then, too, having, like, some actual interest in what's going on. Like, you know, you know, Morris Chestnut been around forever, son. Like, and I don't think nobody really ever given him flowers like he should get. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, he's been... And, 30 and years vet minimum. Still working. Still working hard. Always on the show. And always looking good. So I just... And, and I don't think people give enough credit to beautiful black men like that. I, I don't think that... I just don't think they get a lot of credit. But also positive, scandal-free. Right, right, Scan- yes. No drama on Morris Chestnut's Yes, jacket. yes. And then what he did for that the, the best man, that role that he played, it's just, it's great. I I just, I thought that that needed to be, I wanted that to be my first show. show. For the Planned Parenthood, Lenny will tell you, it's another subject that I'm always talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm always talking about Planned Parenthood because people don't, People don't understand women and their bodies. I, you men, you will never fucking understand. This is a whole factory going on over here. We understand that you got a dick and you got semen and all that bullshit to deal with, but we got a literal baby making machine inside of us. Like we, and 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 those things, if they're not, if they stink. You're not around for that. You just around to take our shit away instead of being around to help us clean up the stadium. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I don't understand. You just like, want to show up and play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like. I give this example all the time. Truck drivers come to the factory. They drop the shit off and they get the fuck out the factory. They don't stay and try to run the factory. No, they don't. <laughs> they get the fuck out. They go to the next factory. With elected so, Republicans being the truck drivers yeah. <laughs> in this equation, basically. Okay. You know, yep. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's right. He's right. That's exactly what you're trying to say. What I've been finding too, Roy, is such obviousness that I didn't, I, you know, I am smart and grown. I didn't know a lot of people ain't smart and grown. Like, I didn't know that men didn't know that you can go to Planned Parenthood. Do you know how many men didn't know that they were allowed to go to Planned Parenthood and that it's for men? So that was the real angle I wanted to take because I was like, if y'all know it's for y'all too, maybe y'all wouldn't be so quick to fucking x out our shit you know what i'm saying it was very personal we've talked about this she had mentioned somewhere along the line like we no people don't even know it's like people think it's an abortion that's it yeah and and they don't even know the services so literally the first question i was asking and i have it on my paper is what other services do you provide and like let's ask that first let's get that i mean let's say the obvious things like people people we think that everybody know everything a lot of people don't know shit like these are the so a lot of planned parenthoods don't even give abortions and and the ones that that do give abortions they also give vasectomies they also do other medical shit like the one that's in fucking brooklyn and in new york brooklyn was my motherfucking jam like i could go there when i was actually sick sick like that was a hospital that planned parenthood there is fucking incredible 
So it's it's like people don't know that shit. And she's had experience with this. So not only All that, but she's life. given it money. Like Planned Parenthood she, she, saved my fucking life. In her life. will, this stuff. In my will. I'm leaving them in my trust. That's how much nice. I, I, I I think Planned Parenthood. So as far as the guests go, that's a slam dunk. And then, you know and then, and then Charlemagne was, the she's mental. been talking about mental health. Like we have a guy and he was Man. terrific. He oh, was, yeah. men, men need therapy. I don't give a fuck. And me and Lenny talk about it. Lenny always rolls his eyes when I say this I shit. I don't I roll like, my eyes. You do. Like, you fucking roll your eyes. Like- when 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 guys go into a fucking uh, appointment, and I'm saying this to male doctors, to use for you to say to your male patients, one of your questions, like when you said this to Lenny, one of your questions should be, "Hey, how are you doing mentally?" Yeah, yes. Hey, how are you feeling mentally? That is correct. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, that's nothing wrong with but, that. But like, because doctors don't care. Yeah, but they yeah. supposed They're to, supposed and to. that's She's the right. fucking They're problem. They're supposed to, because if a woman came into that doctor, that same doctor, and acting up, they would be like, how's your mental? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? My it's doctor, always, you crazy, Heffa? What's going no, on? No, no, that's real fucking talk, though, Roy. Why I did that piece was, I honestly, and I tell Lenny this all the time, I always look on the other side of the joke. You know, I always look on the other side of shit. Like, men literally are fucking going through it. Like, y'all motherfuckers are going through it and honestly i don't think that you have been given the permission to get help for that whenever i say it to lenny or when i say it to another man the first thing men think is like i'm not crazy no this has nothing to do with you being crazy this has to do with you being able to talk about what the fuck is going on with you just like for a woman hmm. you know i i i really don't think men understand that women do understand what you motherfuckers are going through. Like, you are going through it. Like, just to be put into this story that we have of the prince and the the, the damsel in distress, and then you're supposed to save the women, and then you're supposed to be the manor house, and you're supposed to, ooh, you're supposed to be so God and damn masculine. That's a fucking lot. Without the dance. But do you get what the fuck I'm saying? See, see, you can't even dance. <laughs> you can't even dance. But do you get what? But do you get what I'm yes, saying? Like, yes. I honestly feel like if we start putting that out there more, that I think that dudes would 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 fucking be like, yeah, maybe I need to go. Maybe I need to go. You know, take care of that. But he was great. That was the point. Yeah, yeah, Charlemagne. Yeah, no, and Charlemagne was surprisingly great because I, I thought oh, that his, he was gonna be. He was I thought he better was gonna than be, we ever thought. I thought he was gonna be mean. I really did thought it was gonna be mean. I don't know you've why. Never met him. I thought you've done. I had now. I, I think I maybe met him in other places, but I always see those clips, uh, and I'd be like, "Oh, I don't want to argue with Charlemagne because I don't want that to happen." Nah. I thought that was gonna be like that, but he was actually fucking awesome. To me, Breakfast Club Charlemagne is different from any other show Charlemagne, especially if you're talking about mental health, which he didn't wrote right. two books on the shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's his that's his ministry. Yep. Yeah. So I love he what was going to come he in said. on some dope I love shit what anyway. He said. So from the conversations you've had with the guests, let's switch over to the conversations you had with the correspondents. <laughs> now setting up those chats, because yeah. now you're dealing with different personalities <laughs> in a wait, way. Sorry, she doesn't understand. Roy... Desi, oh, okay, because I was like, Dulce. "Who the fuck is that?" The sidekick, <laughs> you know us. Court, y'all call correspondents? Yeah. Yes, because in the I real news world, like... the motherfucker that lead the building. Oh, I thought is that's just called co-stars. <laughs> no, that's for like other shows. You're on a fake nude show. Yes. Play along, listen, reporter. Listen, you act like I watch news. <laughs> you reporter. do watch the news. Damn, I you watch don't. it in a, I the watch way it in you be yelling way. at MSNBC. But I didn't know that they was called correspondents. I just sent people up on the screen. You ain't never read the shit at the bottom when the don't say correspondent. See they, what I'm they dealing with, Roy. Say, they you always say they always say Minister Farrakhan or this <laughs> representative, <laughs> executive director, CEO of the exactly. coalition. They don't say correspondent. <laughs> okay, so now I know correspondent. So in preparing the desk chats, Lenny, let me yes. talk to Lenny since Please, he knows what the fuck no, I do. No, talk to me, no, Roy. Talk to Lenny. <laughs> How were you trying to figure out the dynamic of how Leslie would navigate those? Because yeah. for the people who don't know, you know, it's it's the fake live hit of the reporter yes. out on the location. Yeah. This was important to me personally. I don't know if I, Leslie and I kind of went through it, but I definitely had an idea coming in what I wanted Leslie to have relation. She knows you for years. I know you for years, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We don't know who Desi, but what if we did know them? 
What if Leslie that's, has been doing this? Like, what if she had another level of this where she had and, a relationship and, and, with him? And, and, and I helped him with this, too. Yeah, she did help. <laughs> listen, this is me Listen, are you this. erasing the black woman? <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> no, Nene. No, right. No, it's always, it's, I always like to make up a whole story, story. of yeah. what the fuck is going on, like, with me and the person. So with Desi... I was just like, that's the sis. Let that bitch go. Like, I was just, I, because they had us going back and forth, and I was like, absolutely not. Let me come in, say what I need to do, and then let Desi do her thing, because I want the sister to have the desk. Bam, there it is, right? Don't say so, you're No, mean. no, don't say. The first don't step say. was don't say. Don't say, I'm sorry. Don't say was the first step. My bad. Don't say. And then uh, with Desi, I really just wanted to treat her like the little silly white girl that's my friend. That I really want to help and this white girl. She wants to help her. I want to help you so that much because idea. you really are in trouble. Well, we that, have that, that, that was his idea. That was his we idea. have a friend that we did this on supermarket. Yeah, Street, and she's yeah. and Desi's very similar. So I was like, very try, similar to and her. we couldn't do it in that short a time. But I'm like, Leslie, what if you could <laughs> actually try and help her during yeah. the show? And now with 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 Costa, Costa was yeah. like I wanted opposite Colin. Yes. I knew, I, because the first thing that people do is go, oh, you're going to be in love with the white dude. No, nope. I want yeah. this to be a hate, but I don't want it to be because we fucked around. I want it to be because he fucked one of my homegirls. Yeah, and, and then me the knowing skip. Costa, yeah. yeah, and me knowing Costa and knowing how, like, arrogant, like, not arrogant, he's not arrogant, but he's just like. His comedy presence is a little bit. He's fucking Mike Costa. Like, yeah. you can. Because y'all like have, he, y'all go back to the L.A. clubs. You and Costa yeah, have this like, daily show. Yeah, yeah. I want to treat him, but I, I want, but I want it to be not to where we hate Costa. I want Costa to have a rope of like, no, the bitch he was fucking with was crazy too. So like, why is Costa the way he is? Because he's fucked with bitches like this. Does that make sense? So Correct. like, it's a whole story. It's a whole story, and yeah. we're friends. Like, because it's like I wouldn't be mad at him at him if we weren't friends. Let's just talk about the eggs, okay? Because as I was saying, the shortage is severe. But if you look closely, you'll find that it's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> you so fing corny, Costa. <laughs> you know she was gonna break up with you because you a corny motherfucker, right? You know that, right? Look, look, I'm trying to be a good sport here. I came all the way out here to this farm that you sent me to. I got feathers all over my suit. It stinks. You, you know what? You know what I tell you what stinks? My girl had to go to therapy after you. Yeah, because she has multiple personality disorder. <laughs> yeah, that's what we loved about her. She's like 10 friends in one. After the break, I want to bring it home. I want to talk a little bit about mentorship and what advice you got from people outside of The Daily Show about your journey into guest hosting The Daily Show. Round and third and headed for home with Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus. This is Beyond the Scenes. We'll be right back. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little... Well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Beyond the scenes, we are bringing it to a close here. A wonderful conversation with the first guest host of 2023 on The New Daily Show, Leslie Jones. And... <laughs> Her partner, like that's my NPR voice. You like my I like that. No, but I like the whole yes. introduction well, of the know, first. You have a great ease behind the microphone, for sure. You know, just uh, this young woman is uh, 
going to talk a little bit with Leslie Jones about her struggles and her time in the ghetto. Oh, man, that would put me in a shit. Man, go, wow. you got to tell them when you when we was in Alabama and you took me to this comedy. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was, that was one of them one times when I was like, thank God I am a comic. Like, and I, I'm not scared to do this. Like, you the know what I'm saying? Seven Lounge Ooh. in Fairfield, Alabama. <sighs> so Lenny. Yeah. For whatever reason, Leslie is in Birmingham when Christmas With my aunt. Ain't yeah. Pat lived there. Ah. I ain't know she had no ties to Birmingham. And this is how much of a comedian Leslie is on some fearless, I don't care where I perform, any time, any place. Yep. She just wanted to go, hey, let's just go hang. Is there a mic? I'm like, Leslie, this is Birmingham on Christmas Eve. <laughs> there is no comedy club open. But it just so happened to be one hood spot over in Fairfield. And it's literally, there's a shopping plaza, and you can Google Earth this shit. It's on Aaron Aronoff Drive in front of the old Pizza Hut. There was a spot called the Seven Lounge. It was the only open spot within that shopping plaza. of Every other store is out of business. Seven Lounge holding a (laughs) line out the door on Christmas Eve full of black people. And we're just going to watch stand-up. And then one of them come up to Leslie. Hey, uh... You want to go and bless the people with a little bit of time? It would be an <laughs> honor to have. You know, she's not trying to perform, but right. you know the comedian in you. Yeah, let me go on up there. She goes on stage. <laughs> and it was raining the whole night. And it's fucking leaking. On the, the stage? The water's leaking on stage. <laughs> and people are bringing buckets up. Why, she's mid-joke. Man, I'm tearing these motherfuckers up, too. I'm tearing these motherfuckers she up. She roasted the room. Roasted. She didn't even do a joke. She just Man, went up there and said, this shit raggedy. Good night. Yo. I, and they it, loved it. They yo, loved let it. me tell you, the one thing that I have learned about this game is that I think I might be a little crazy. I've, I, especially when it comes to the mic. I, I remember going to San Bernardino. I had a gig in San Bernardino. We got there, and that nobody showed up. So the man paid me, but he was like, we ain't going to have no show. Man, I got in the car. I was like, yo, let's drive around. Let's find somewhere to fucking go up. We found this karaoke club. I went up to the bar. I gave the lady $50. I said, listen, I was like, let me have some time. She was like, we don't do comments like we doing karaoke. I was like, let me do some time. If I'm not funny, you can have this fifty dollars, right? Yo, went up and I fucking when I say the dude that was with me, he was like, my balls went inside of me. He was like, you, you have taken. He was like, there, I have no balls now. He was like, what you just said. I went up, grabbed the mic, and when I say ripped that fucking club in half, I went back to the bar. That bitch gave me fifty dollars and gave me fifty more dollars, and then bought us all drinks. Wow. She was like, anytime you ever want to go up. I was like, you got to be. And, and if I ever had a comedy contest, that would be one of the fucking uh, uh, things is that I would drop you in Arizona. Go get a set. Show up and go up. Find someone. Wow. Create a microphone. Because if you really do, if you're really about your shit, you will do your shit. I have performed on the street. I have performed in the hallway. I have performed in barbershops, beauty shops. I have performed in churches. I have performed in halls. I have performed in actual hallways. I have performed, son. (laughs) So how does that translate then into the hosting? Like, what are the skill sets, Lenny and Leslie, that, like, from stand-up that roll naturally into being in that chair? Because there's a lot of the aspects of stand-up you Mm -hmm. cannot use. Yep. You're yeah. Batman without the tool belt to a degree, low key. Yeah. When you're in the chair. So what tools from stand up kind of translate? I think the timing translates immediately. You know, she has a great ear for it, you know, time and, and also she plays off the crowd well. You know, when you cut back from one of those packages and it's ridiculous, just her face. She's so expressive with her face. So you can get a laugh. You can get a laugh off your face. You can get a laugh off just waiting. Yeah, because it's just not. It's not without the tool belt, Roy. If you got your face, like when I first started, I would do an hour of mirror time. I just like it's some Lucille Ball shit. Watch Lucille Ball. Watch Carol Burnett. You know exactly what joke they're telling without them even talking. Carol Burnett could literally have you hollering for fifteen minutes and not say a motherfucking word. That's face. That's mm-hmm. face. And then plus two, like, again, the world is in an obviousness now. I, this is what I told my friend the other day. I said, I feel like we're in the Matrix and they haven't updated us because the same stuff <laughs> keeps rolling around and it doesn't seem like people are not understanding that this is the same thing. The the thing that I will say about that night at the Seven Lounge, like it was a hood spot. It was a very, it was it was ghetto as hell. 
but everybody who was there came to laugh and they laughed. Every comedian that was there was appreciative. And then I'd be damned if Leslie Jones did not stand out on that sidewalk on a rainy Birmingham night and chop it up with them comedians for an hour because comedians, and this is me being a comic from Birmingham, we don't get access to comedians like you at the level that you were, because this is this is peak SNL at yeah. this point. Yeah. We don't get access to comics like you at that level. Where you are in the game, you're not even invited. You can't even get backstage at the comedy club in Birmingham to talk to somebody that's on your level. Mm-hmm. So that level of mentorship and just get the com- and I mean this, Les, comics still talk about it to this day. They still Damn, talk about crazy. that Christmas Eve at Seven Lounge. So when it was time for you to get advice for this show. And I know Chris Rock has kind of popped in and out. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what what relationship you and Chris Rock have on some friendship shit, but I know professionally, he's always been somebody that's been a fan of your craft. Mm-hmm. Was there anybody you talked to outside of The Daily Show that helped you to prepare for what would happen once you were in the chair? Well, you know, I did talk to Chris. Chris was one of the first people that I was like, uh, how do I? And he was like, he was like, this is literally what he said. He was like, <laughs> he just laughed. He goes, I never worry about you, dude. Like, I never worry about you. He was like, just be yourself. Don't try to be John. Don't try to be Trevor. Just be who you are. He was like, it's you'll be fine. He was like, I, I don't worry about you. And when you hear that. It just puts you, it's like, oh, how can I put this? Lauren could do that to me really good, too. Lauren was good at that. Like, I love coaches. I love mm-hmm. coach. I love coach talk. Like, like when I when I did my first update, when I did my first update, man, I ripped that fucking, that, that uh, dress show. Oh, homie, you think the fucking live was, the dress is always better than the, than the live to me. The dress. Yeah, for was, the people, SNL was, does a yeah, dress rehearsal at 9 Oh o'clock. my God, I did that dress, that shit. Just, I'm talking about like fucking rattling motherfuckers was running through the building like, oh fuck, who is this bitch? Who is this bitch? Who is this bitch? Lauren <laughs> called me in his office. He called me in his office because he knew that my fucking head, son, I was like, <laughs> I didn't came in, I didn't found my motherfucking spot, bitches. You motherfuckers can't tell me shit, right? He called me in that office and he was like, I'm so glad that you did good doing the dress. Now do that shit live. Get the fuck out. <laughs> let me tell you something let me tell you something i went in the hallway and i i, I can't it, it almost felt like i had on a uniform because i was like all right coach let's do this shit let's fucking do this you want a live son let's go motherfucker <laughs> like it was like you had just let me fucking like that's so i like like when he said that it was just like <laughs> you're my star player <laughs> go play like that's 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 gets me revved up. You know what I'm saying? And Lenny's good at it too. Lenny's always just like, ah, just do what you do, boss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll give her at the table, like between the things. Like she's asking me, what can I do? I'm like, just sometimes very little tweaks or you yeah. know whatever. But my, I'm not the uh, Bobby Knight school of yelling <laughs> at people. I'm more. Lenny goes too yelly. I like that. You yelling. You yelling too much. Bring it down. Do this, hey, woo, woo, woo. like I that's that's the shit I like too. Okay, but then how did you? How were you able to be in a place where you could accept criticism, because oh. or critique, accept critique, not criticism, because that's a hard thing as a comedian. Because for twenty, Roy. the first twenty years of your yep. shit, absolutely, it's just you. You absolutely. are your writer. You are your editor. No one can tell you done because my jokes and my instincts absolutely. got me to this point. And then here come this scrawny dude at the comedy <laughs> cellar with a slice of pizza in his hand. Tubbing. Nah, Too it's yelly. not like that. Honestly, honestly, you if you're a real comic, and I'd say this to everybody that does this, this craft and even the old heads or whatever. If you're a real comic and you really love this craft, I mean, you do this craft. Like, I would do this craft even if they wasn't paying me, Roy. If, they, I would do, if, if it came down to the world and I'd be the world comic, <laughs> like not getting I would fucking do it because that's how much I love comedy and if you really love doing it you always want to get better so yeah after 20 years I was like all right I didn't I didn't wrote the joke 
every which way I could write it. Like, <laughs> like I'm not, I, I make myself laugh, but shit, I want to make myself, I would see other comics and I would see the direction that they're going and I go, see, I'm not there yet. That's where I'm not. So I need someone else other than me to come in. Now, it wasn't about me not picking another black female or another. And, and I'm I, this is no, I don't no shade on black comics, but I do believe that we all kind of think of like because I would get tags from them and they would be the same tags that I would have come up with. So when you have someone and this is why I tell black comics all the time, you need to do white clubs, go do the mainstream clubs because you're you're a different type of comic. You're going to give different tags to these white comics. These white comics going to give different tags to you. They're going to give you different branches. So Lenny's a whole different person outside of my bubble that's going to show me something that I'm not even seeing. So that's might be even way funnier. Like, oh shit, that's how you take it to the next level. So the way that I get to being able to take a critique is that because I want to be so motherfucking good and you cannot do that by yourself. Jesus. Until people understand to reach out to the motherfuckers that are going to help you until you make a try. You can't. There's no I. In making it, well, there is yeah. two eyes, <laughs> but <laughs> there's no, okay, there's no eye in success, I should say that. You, you can't do that shit by yourself. I know you think you can, but you won't be the best. Like I would, I, I don't even want to say this, but whenever I see certain people and they post going, ah, look what I did, whoop, 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 and, and like, okay, well, who helped you do that? Like, like make it. I, I can't explain it. It's just like we need to learn how to grow. And the only way to learn how to grow is to actually depend on someone else that could help you. Does Am I making any sense? Yeah, that makes I perfect think, sense. But also she, uh, what she's saying now is so rare. You know this. Like com, stand-up com, comedians, very lonely people. Not lonely, but they like We're to work isolated. alone. Yeah. You're your own writer, director, producer, everything. And it's, I struggle with that. What immensely. Yeah, to oh, help no, to Roy, get help, you, trusting people. Roy, yeah, trusting people for sure. Too. I Look, totally Rodney get it. Perry, me too. Rodney Perry would give me tags, and I would get mad at him, like because because he would be like, "Yeah, I, that tag worked. Fuck you, nigga. I thought of it." You know what I'm saying? Like you go through that stage, but then you get to the stage of like, "Yeah, I, I want to see something else other than this joke." To go outside, you you most of the time you got to get some for somebody you respect. You know what I mean? You you if you somebody says something to you, if Chris Rock wants to give you a line. You're going to try that line the next Correct. time out, right? If Joe Schmo tries line. But you know what I always said? You should be open to anything. And believe me, if people have taken full advantage, I've had open micers give me lines. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> thank you very much. You know what I mean? It's like, and you just have to be it, nice about it. Like, but she is so open in a different way to me. And I've had a lot to give out there, and nobody tapped into it for all no those why. years. And she's like, yeah, why? What is going on? It's, well, and it's, she it's, did it, and it's, it's been successful. So. Points for Leslie. The podcast is the fuckery, and what y'all yep. do on the fuck, we gonna end. We gonna end a little. Yeah, I'm gonna wanna fuck already. Um, <laughs> where you all talk about a lot of different current events, and it's actually a really good podcast because it gives a really good window into the dynamic of YouTube, but also politically how you two tend to see the world and current events. So, uh, we're gonna do a little couple of uh fuckeries of the week sure. here. Let's do it. And, oh, uh, we doing fuckery of the week here. Well, Ooh. we just, you know, we quick just ones, gonna, quick ones. Like Ooh. a crossover okay. episode, like Chicago okay. Fire, Chicago Let's PD. Okay, okay. First up, Rihanna's halftime performance. Okay, well, I okay, first of all, I'm just gonna you say went on you went in on Stephen A. Smith for saying I did, Rihanna I did, wasn't no I did. And but Rihanna was wonderful. I still wouldn't say what Stephen A. Smith said. I still wouldn't say that. But I I was I was surprised that she was pregnant because I, she had just had the baby. So I thought the baby was like two months old. And I was like, oh, wow, is she getting rid of the baby fat or something like that? But then she whole pregnant. And then yeah. all of the, the little white dudes in the white suits looked yeah, like sperms. Yeah, the backup dancers. That was the yeah, thing. Like that sperms. was the whole point of it. Yeah. It, oh, so somebody, she meant to do that. Somebody broke it down and they oh. said that Rihanna's performance if you look, she's walking out in the red mm-hmm. with all of the background dancers looking like sperm. And by the end of the performance, she is alone away from the sperm. And we see clearly that she has a seed in her. So oh, the entire wow. performance, she got impregnated. 
Okay. Okay. Which means. <laughs> okay. Which uh, means somebody bust bust somebody went raw dog nut. in the stadium. <laughs> exactly. Busted a nut in the middle of the fucking. But night. not only that. <laughs> I don't wow. know. My thing on that is like multiple billions of points for shit I would never do. Okay, yeah, true. You, they raised her. How high is she? Yeah, she was way high in the air. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like if you just said, you know what, she can't be here right now. Can you just step in? I'd be like, yeah. oh, thanks. No, I mean, because they kept oh, raising you. and raising, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the reason she's not moving, because she's yeah. up in the fucking hair. She's going to fall. And Leslie and I talk about this all the time. Both of us would fall off that platform. I oh, don't know how it would happen. They would have to change rap <laughs> me to that motherfucker for me not to fucking Wrestlers fall. Wrestlers have died from half that height. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I'd be like, get me out of get me out of here. Umbrella. I'll umbrella, like, get me out of here. I'd be like, oh, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, look at what you got. Uh, oh. Last fuckery. Last fuckery of the week. What say you, since y'all missed this topic on the show because it came up in the news cycle after your week had come and gone, all Ron DeSantis putting the end to African-American AP history courses during Black History Month. Mind you, he's trying to get rid of the Stop the Wokeness. They have a Stop Woke. Well, anything I, that make white people feel bad, we got to make that shit illegal I, and outlaw. I, I, that's what it fucking is starting to feel like. It's just like uh, your obviousness, your obvious racism is just so disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. So you, it, oh, it's the, it don't it. You don't need to learn this. What we don't need to learn. While fucking little white kids is still going around calling kids nigga in school, like we that shit still going on. Like I'm telling you that Ma- Malcolm X and Martin Luther King literally can walk into this world and not see a motherfucking difference. So you you fucking tell me that like you used to be a history teacher, you are fucking racist. You are a racist. You are a motherfucking racist. And please pronounce. Please announce this shit while he's doing a speech. You are a fucking racist, Ron DeShittos. You are a motherfucking racist. I'm not following that. Ditto. Okay. You know? Well, the podcast is the fuckery. <laughs> Available. We I'm won't... sick of this shit. By the way, we'll I'm be in Florida for two shows in about a now, month. Man, fuck Florida. Y'all motherfuckers <laughs> need to just float the fuck off into the fucking water. Yeah. Like, fuck y'all, but, man. But after we perform. So we'll be no, in no, Tampa no, and St. Petersburg. Come get what? that we fucking can't... smoke. Come get the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, DeSantis only won Florida by like two points. There's a lot of good people oh, in Florida. No, but, uh, and you know what? Insane. And that's what makes me mad, though. Yes. That there are a good, lot of good people. There's a lot of good people in this whole fucking United States of America that don't believe in half the shit that's being done. But you fucking lazy. Go you vote. sit your fucking ass, your complacent fucking ass, and think that motherfuckers is going to straighten shit out for you. Get up off your ass because we are the motherfucking people. We are the motherfucking people. If you're paying fucking income tax and you're not voting, you's a dumbass motherfucker. I said it. <laughs> that sounds like a political campaign. You're a dumbass motherfucker. <laughs> Leslie like will be running I'm for president. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. They need to be told straight out how you pay taxes and not and not vote. What kind of that don't make you yeah. smart. <laughs> that make you a fucking idiot. Wait, one more. One more. I'm sorry. I'm one sorry. more. It happened. No, it you happened. on the flow. I'm letting you flow. Yeah. I know when to be quiet. Oh, please. <laughs> Last one. Ah. Welcome to my world, Roy. <laughs> Chinese spy balloons, fair or foul? How dumb are we? <laughs> How fucking stupid are we? Let me tell you something. Ronald Reagan, President Carter would have shot the shit out. They would have shot it with their own shotgun. They went out there with their own fucking hunting gun and shot that fucking balloon down. How fucking dumb are you? Do I mean, like, do you know how many countries think that we are fucking complete idiots? Oh, it's just a balloon. It's not doing nothing. Yeah, and they're mad at us now. Like the girlfriend, like it's, yeah, they're China. gaslighting us. They're gaslighting us. Yeah, like China said they want their balloon back. Yeah, we want Man, the balloon. Fuck, they send it back to them. Send it yeah. in the pieces and send some bullets. <laughs> that's inside of that motherfucker. Yeah. Don't listen. I couldn't be the president. I'm telling you right now. Uh, Yo, let me tell y'all motherfuckers something. China, you, you, you seen another goddamn balloon over here? Me. You seen another balloon over this motherfucker? See what the fuck happened? Yeah. You see what the fuck happened? 
When I say I love y'all, I mean Man, Roy, you are fucking the best, man. That's so funny that you've been through my life periodically and just great. Yo, we used to, um, Lenny, Leslie and I used to live in the same apartment complex. Oh, my God. In Harlem, huh? No, 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 no. Sherman Way. That's right. Sherman Way. I think I maybe saw you twice. Is you still with that girl? No, like, yeah, I, just, I didn't no. think that was gonna last. No, I didn't think that was gonna last at all. I saw y'all in the elevator once, and I was like, "Damn, that nigga looked like a prisoner." Okay, and, and now it's time to go. Now it's time to go. That was a LA situation. See, now you now you tell him a business. Fucking business. Oh my god. The podcast is the fuckery. Catch Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus on tour. It is one of the best stand-up shows out there right now. Thank you. Leslie, Lenny, thank you for going beyond the scenes. Anytime, Thank you. Thank you you for taking us beyond the scenes, baby. To that girl in Los Angeles, Leslie said that, not me. We still could. Hey, hey, listen, I ain't trying to fuck up nobody's ass, man. You know, girl, you know what I, you, he probably was fucking up. That's probably why he, you know. I was fucking up. I will Mm -hmm. on that. Just play the theme music. Stop talking. They playing the music. Listen to The Daily Show Beyond the Scenes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sixteenth Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.